Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. These are going to be my first impressions of the dawning 2020 in Destiny 2 Beyond Light. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast uh, platforms, you just look up SNTR Presents. And if you want to watch these live, I do these live Monday through Friday on YouTube. Just go to SNTRlive.com and you can watch live. Uh, Also, if you want all my shows and content in one location, be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. We're looking to add new features over there and paid subscriptions starting next year. So, dawning first impressions. You know, it just launched on December the 15th, 2020. That was yesterday. There's already some quest bugs with the new arrivals and the new things that they've added. The old dawning guns, Avalanche and the Cold Front, misspelled here, Colt Front. Uh, they're dropping with increase in fusion caps as well as new perk pools and the Glacioclasm fusion rifle seems to have a high chance of dropping from the first box that you get. A lot of people are getting that on their, on their first box. Uh, Baking Cookies has returned with a few new recipes, but you know ingredient drop rates are kind of buggy right now and the baking, I think, is growing a little bit long in the teeth. We were... Uh, we were or long in the tooth. We were we were talking uh, this morning about this before we went live, and a lot of people are reporting inconsistencies in the ingredient drop rates, uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of bugs and things with the quests and other things. So we're going to be talking about that. There are some things you can try to fix some of the elements, and there's some tips if you're having trouble with one particular ingredient. So let's just talk about the baking. This is one of the ways that this this event stands apart from the other events. If you look at Festival of the Lost, if you look at when they did the uh, the verdant forest over the summer uh, you know and then you got the crimson doubles for crimson days baking is what sets this one apart there actually isn't an activity there is not a content loop that comes with the dawning uh, it's just it's just this sort of play the game as normal and periodically grab bounties and bake cookies if you happen to have the ingredients and the essence uh, the process of baking the cookie hasn't changed really uh, much since it was first introduced into the game and unfortunately as a micro grind it seems better suited to be something that you ignore for the first week and then you start using your ingredients in the following week so a lot of people are like I'm just not paying any attention to it I'm just playing business as usual apparently there's like an exploit with Wrathborn hunts where somebody stands outside and it doesn't take their lure and then you can like keep doing that to get essence over and over again and not not even uh, uh, the, the essence grind itself but some of the ingredients don't even seem to be dropping at a reasonable level uh, after creating orbs and killing over 100 scorn the ingredient I needed to cook for spider had not yet dropped I think it's like flash of inspiration or something um, it, it, it seems strange people are saying that like it's always had a low drop rate but for me to kill over 100 enemies with a masterworked weapon and to not see it drop once some people are saying it does seem to be related to if you're on on the stasis subclass they're they're seeing a slightly better drop rate on the uh, flash of inspiration on light subclasses maybe the fact that they switched the orbs to orbs of power um, maybe that's messing with it. I don't know. They might push out an update. It's just it just seems a little odd that like the first recipe right for for spider that you get it's like the, it's like the very very next one. They give you the ingredients for the first two people uh, and don't do the one for Amanda Holiday. I'm sorry. Don't pop the bounty until you do the one for Amanda Holiday because you won't get the stuff for the ship until you have the ship. So don't pop any repeatables until you get your ship from Amanda Holiday. Um, but you know, the, the, the very first thing I needed for spider, I couldn't even do it. Not to mention the base level ingredient, uh, the ingredient that you need for every recipe 
a lot of people are now basically doing what we always do with micro grinds. They're trying to find the absolute fastest way to get the base level ingredient, the essence, as well as the other specific ingredients. As with many free holiday events, I'm trying not to set my expectations too high. I'm trying to kind of keep my expectations low. It's free. It's just for fun. But I do believe this event needs some iteration and some evolution. The rewards and the theme are on point, and it definitely brings the holiday spirit to the Tower and Destiny. I really like it. I like when the tower is all decorated and there's snow everywhere and the ornaments and the and the ghosts, sparrows and the and the armor. It really does bring the holiday vibe uh, to the game. But I actually think the mechanism of progressing and baking is just a little played out at this point. I do I, I do like the way they've evolved some of the other ones, or at least given them some form of a content loop with Verdant Forest, Haunted Forest, and the EAZ. Uh, next, let's talk about the guns. As usual, I feel like Bungie goes halfway with a good idea and ultimately chops its legs off, uh, bringing back the Avalanche and the Cold Front with higher infusion caps and new perk pools is actually great. It really is. Giving players virtually no way to effectively grind or chase them is not so great. Not only did they bring back the Avalanche and the Cold Front with potentially really, really good rolls, you can get like a auto-loading Vorpal version of the Avalanche, and then you can get like Firefly, which we don't really know how that's going to work on uh, on a kinetic weapon, but these are combinations that you can go for, and there's virtually no way to effectively grind or chase for them. They're super random. The box drop rates don't seem to be that great, and even then, you're dealing with three possible weapons. Now, somebody did tell me they feel like they get a weapon every time from those boxes, but if you're not able to get those boxes at a regular interval, it's just sort of a random dart throw. Giving us an actual content loop would have potentially been a solution to this. Um as a way uh, you know, to, to, to chase and go for the drops that you want, the rolls that you want on these particular guns. This is where the baking, I think, could be involved in an activity or something out in the game world as opposed to being a generic and random resource grind that funnels us into fast travel delivery service chores. You're basically just doing a fast travel delivery service. Go here and drop this off and go here and drop this off. And that isn't even really uh, the main problem with it is that the currencies get choked and then and you kind of feel like, well, let me find the shortest grind I can, and then you're just flying your ship all over uh, all over the, the game. I think it's time for us to evolve this event a little bit. Just like Verdant and Haunted Forest, a content loop with a drop, I think, would be preferable to how they have it set up right now. Give us a place just to go and do something. The EAZ with snow all over it, and like, little holiday packages all over to find at the end kind of like we're, you know, we're old St. Nick on top of the rooftops and flying around. It would have fit perfectly with the EAZ snow, put Christmas lights everywhere, dawning lights, whatever, dawning trees. It would have been a really, really great opportunity to reuse the EAZ. All free holiday events, I think, should come with some semblance of a gun to grind for as it evens the scales with respect to you know, only chasing cosmetic items. So I actually like that there's always weapons with these events. I think they need to do that every time. So don't, you know, don't turn away from that. Adding these guns back as well. I think Bungie just needs to land the plane with respect to making the content loop as well as having loot intentionality more directed at the player so it doesn't just feel like busy work. It's it's either it's either busy work or you just sort of ignore it. And I don't think that's the greatest way to land uh, these events. Um, and if you forgot what the EAZ was, it was that area with all of the houses and you would like go around and find the, uh, the, the little treasure chest at the end after killing the bosses. Lastly, let's talk about the rewards. Um, it's a shame that I'm finding the content loop of the dawning so unappealing because the rewards 
rewards are actually really nice. Uh, the first thing we did was pull up the Eververse store to look at the sparrows, shaders, and armor. Then everything looks really, really good. And then the ship that Amanda Holiday gives you to kick off the event is actually a really nice looking ship, especially with Carminica. I always love to put Carminica on everything. It actually turns it into just a black ship with like red on the underside. And the idea of giving us customization and upgrades for the ship is actually, I think, a great evolution of a long-standing vanity reward. Having ships, sparrows, and even ghosts that we could potentially invest time in and getting currency or whatever and upgrading their look. This is something they could bring to raids, a raid NPC. We have a raid currency. I think this is actually a really good evolution of the cosmetic reward system. You get the ship, and then as long as you're dutiful to do the event and get the things, you can make the ship look cooler and customize it the way that you want. Now, the buggy quest thing, just to let you guys know if you made it this far in the video, if you can't get the quest, just go to the abandoned quest kiosk, and that usually fixes it, or some people were just switching characters, and that was also fixing it. So, the buggy quest and the odd ingredient drop rates hopefully can be addressed soon. I mean, if it's by design that I shouldn't be getting this one ingredient needed for Spider's Cookie, like, if it's if it's meant for me to be killing literally hundreds of trash ads and not getting it to drop like if that's working as intended then i think that's unfortunate and poorly designed this is supposed to be a light-hearted event not something that i feel like i'm straining or grinding or you know or stressing over again micro grind should not become the sole focus to where you know you're you're only focusing on that um, again, it, it, to me, this is just supposed to be a lighthearted free event. And after killing 100 to 120 ads and not getting it to drop, I was creating orbs the entire time. That, to me, just doesn't really line up with it with a lighthearted holiday event. Um, and it's not anecdotal. Many people are reporting both in the Discord, uh, Reddit, as well as this chat, that that particular one, the Flash of Inspiration, has a very strange drop rate. So I, I don't think it's anecdotal. I do, in fact, think there is something uh, going on with it. Now, they said, you know, check the abandoned quest kiosk if you encounter a problem, but they haven't really said anything about some of the sparse ingredient uh, ingredient drop rates. Not to mention whenever you make people strain at, at a currency grind, this is just like the umbral situation. Everybody's trying to find the shortest pathway to getting the currency instead of it just being a healthy content loop. Everybody's trying the fastest way to get this essence, you know, of dawning or whatever. And it's just like when we were trying to get the currencies for umbrals. I really think microcurrency grind bottlenecks are always going to be a problem, and they need to just look at opening up the accessibility so this doesn't become a trend anytime they're like, yeah, you need this currency. Okay, we'll just keep grinding security in the raid, or we'll just AFK forges, or we'll just mix mix and match this lure farm where I don't ever use my lure, and I'll have 500 essence after an hour. Like, I don't think this is ideal, which is why I think they need to move away from microcurrency grinds. I don't think they're healthy or fun. So, if you're listening to this as a recording you can always catch me live at SNTR Live if you're in the live audience we're shifting to live questions you can submit those if you're a paying member as always if you're listening elsewhere you can catch me SNTRLive.com and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my impressions of The Dawning. If you're listening to this on iTunes or any of the podcast platforms out there, you can always watch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRLive.com. 
SNTRnetwork.com. If you want all my content in one location, go and bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. All the different shows and content that we're launching is going there, and we are also looking to add new features in the new year. So the first question coming in here from Hitman. Lono, I get that they're free events. I played games with less manpower than Bungie, but seemed to put a little more heart into their events. Maybe weapons with exclusive dawning perks could help make it more memorable. Well, there's two dilemmas here with your suggestion. Not that it's a bad suggestion. A lot of us were like, oh, they could have made the fusion rifle stasis. Oh, it... If they if they're not putting unique perks on, you know, Europa weapons or the Europa weapons or wherever you're going, and the, you know, and there's, you know, there's a lack of loot depth rate, right now. Admitted by Joe Blackburn, assistant game director, right? Admits there's a lack of loot. There's a lack of quantity in Beyond Light. They're committed to adding more loot in the coming year and the coming expansions. If if that's the the situation that we're presently in, I just don't know. I just don't know if you're going to be able to be like, hey. This free event to all non-paying players has this amazingly cool, unique perk, weapon, or whatever. Um, now, if it was kind of, um, it, if it was gimmicky and it wasn't necessarily super strong, then I might be able to say, yeah, this was kind of a missed opportunity. But the minute someone said, oh, they should have made it stasis, I thought, I don't know. We were all thinking there were going to be stasis legendaries, and there weren't. One stasis weapon in the game, the grenade launcher, and that grenade launcher just ain't that fun or impressive. So, I don't know. I, I, I think I think in general, um, the, the way that they approach these events, as far as the actual guns themselves, the main issue I have is the fact that there's no loot intentionality. I have no way to chase any of the stuff. I have no way to say, I really want the avalanche, or I really want the the cold front I have no way of targeting them I have no way of getting them consistently and that to me is the is the bigger issue more so than like oh it was a missed opportunity to add like new perks or something Uh, you know if if they start doing that with the free events I would only be okay with that if the main core content had a lot more guns and a lot more loot It'd be, I think it'd be really difficult to be like, oh, cool, they added a really unique perk, a really unique legendary to the dawning. Meanwhile, we got one loot pool on Europa, one loot pool in the raid, you know, uh, you know, it's etc. Um, so, you know, I, in in at a ground level, I don't think this is a bad idea. I don't think it would necessarily fit with where we are right now. Um, you know, the gift in return needs to be standard. Yeah, like, if every time I'm doing a cookie, I'm getting a chance at one of the guns, that would at least be a place to start. Start there. There are three potential guns that drop, and it's like, every once in a while you get the box, and every once in a while you get one of the guns. It's like, I don't need other legendaries, I don't need blues, it should li- it should literally be a mechanism of handing you more opportunities on the various guns that are in the game. I don't think we're asking for too much there. I really, really don't. Um... I, these these events, I think, need two things. A content loop and a piece of loot to chase. That's the basics. So if you're going to do that, they need to get rid of all this nonsense where they try and bottleneck and choke the community. It, it, the, the, like, look at the way they did the, the Festival of the Lost. You could open up the five chests at the end if you got uh, the keys and you had to get the keys going out and doing other things. So it was like it was like the lure charging. You're gonna have me go and do all this other stuff, and then I'm gonna come and grind. And even then, there were two weapons. You had the Braytech Werewolf, and you had the Horror Story. So it was like, come on, like I, it's 
you know, it, is this is this even going to be is this even going to feel like I'm being rewarded for my time? It feels frivolous. It feels like you're making me run through um, chores and busy work just for the sake of it. And I think that's where they need to start to trim things down. Um, it's okay to simplify and speed up some of these grinds. I don't necessarily think Bungie's playing by the playbook that they need to use. You know, it's like <clears throat> it's like they're using the playbook from from Destiny One. Well, we got to stretch the content, got to give them busy work, got to have them doing all these extra steps. And it's like, man, you guys don't need to use that playbook anymore. There's so much to do in the game, and if you start adding more loot to chase, you really don't need to create all these tedious steps. That that that's a that feels like a Destiny One playbook. It doesn't necessarily seem to be as necessary in Destiny 2, especially with RNG and random rolls as a backstop, you know? By the way, guys, if you are enjoying the content, um, we have rolled over on the sub count. Thank you for that. We only need about 50 more people to hit like for 800 likes, and that'll get more folks in here. About half of the viewers every day don't subscribe. Uh, I only do live streams. I'm not going to overwhelm. You can subscribe in confidence. Thanks for being here and clicking the sub and the like button. Techno with the next question. Is this good enough for a free event? Personally, I don't really start my my session with, oh boy, the dawning is here. It's just something to do in the meantime. Well, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. If you're, if you're looking at free events to have lots of substance or lots of things going on, that's why I said in my talk, like, I think it was in my first section where I said, with, with, with free events, right, I try not to set my expectations too high, but I do think this event needs some iteration. So I'm not going to sit here and try and blast them for the event not being incredible and substance and eight weapons and all this stuff. I, I, I understand it's a free event, and there's only a certain ceiling that they're going to hit with the free event. But I just think that we need some we need some iteration and some evolution here. This feels really dialed in. It feels really, really you know, simple, and that's okay. But since it's been basically the same for like three years going, and now you're you're compounding existing problems. Instead of there being one weapon to get, there's three. So now the compounded problem of zero loot intentionality or chasing these weapons is made worse by the actual loot pool of the weapons getting bigger. Um, you know. And, and if it, and I, I agree with Eugene, but I also think that they need to structure it differently. Then the seasonal events are never supposed to be your focus. They're always supplemental to your general play. That's part of the reason why festival failed so bad this year. It was the focus because of delay, right? And I think structurally this event is telling you, Hey, go and do this thing for spider. And you're, you're on like almost like a step quest. And you're like, Oh, cool. I would like to do this thing for spider, but you can't because you get bottlenecked. You get you get stuck. You're like, oh, I yeah, okay. You know, I guess I can't. So that's the problem is they make you focus on a step of a quest that you basically can't you can't you can't do it. Does that make sense? So it's like, I'm not saying that we should focus on the quest. It just seems weird to be like, here's a quest and it won't progress until these random ingredients drop for you. So now ignore the quest and go about your business, right? Go about your business. Go basically ignore this quest and the currency and the grind. Ignore it for a week and then you'll be fine. That's generally, I don't think, the best way to kick off an event. Now... I think maybe we just came up with a good suggestion while talking about this and we don't even know it yet. Maybe they could do a precursor to the dawning and they could say, hey, 
it's the it's the seven days before dawning and seven days before dawning all the currencies start dropping maybe not in great great amount or whatever and then every day the tower gets a little bit more decorated and there's a little bit more snow and we're all getting into the holiday spirit we're like oh this is so cool so then when the dawning lands you're not like you're not like oh my gosh I don't I, I gotta go grind for currency and I can't get it consistently you know and I can't get uh, you know, I can't get the thing. So I think you could do the seven days before dawning and they could do like little things that are, you know, getting the tower. We're getting the tower ready for Ava Levante, you know, and, and you're going out and the currencies are dropping. So then when week one hits, you don't have this weird gap where it's like, man, I'd love to start cooking and getting these bounties done and doing all this stuff. But like, man, oh man, I'm, I, I, I'm not getting any of the ingredients. We also have to think about if, if, if this is supposed to be this laid back, casual, fun, free event, then... You know, then what about the casuals? What about the people who only put in a little bit of time? Like they're not going to be able to do. Are they even going to be able to do the steps with as small as the as the currency drop rate is for some of these things? I don't know. It seems it seems like we're saying it's not that bad, but I mean, how many hours have you put in? You're like, well, I ignored it for two or three hours, and now I'm fine. Well, okay, but nobody wants their first night of the week. Oh yeah, dawning's here. Let me sit down and play and ignore it, right? And just play the game as usual. So I I feel like I feel like they could uh, they could do the seven days before dawning as like a lead in. So maybe we're getting the currency, or completely move away from the currency and the cookie baking and have an actual content loop that we go and play. I really think the EAZ was the call. Cover it in snow, change the chest that we find at the end to like wrapped presents, and then that's that's how you create your cheer for all of your things and your bounties. And then as you're creating the cheer, maybe you just have um, the ingredients dropping in there or something, and then you just take the cookies to the NPCs when you take a break. I I don't know. The EAZ seemed like an easy win. It's got like a little town feel to it. It almost feels like a little village, and you'd line it with lights and put a big tree in the middle and you know, put snow on it and, you know, make us feel like we're Santa Claus. We're all on the, uh, all on the rooftops, you know, it'd have been, I think that'd have been the, the, the right, the right step to take to give it a content loop as opposed to feeling like a chore list. Techno says, should Bungie introduce paid updates to seasonal events like you have discussed about Iron Banner, but justify putting more bandwidth into these events? Right, and we've talked about this before. Trials, Crucible, Iron Banner, and these free events. I would love it if they offered cooler, better, newer stuff, but you only could get access to it if you own the season pass. If you don't own the season pass, cool. You can get the stuff, you can get the cosmetics, and you can get... um, you can get the old weapons. You can get the avalanche and the cold front. But if you want the new fusion rifle and you want some of these new awesome digs, well, you got to be a season pass holder. And then they could put more stuff into it. They could give you access to more, give you access to an actual content loop, something of that nature to, you know, to keep it feeling like, again, as we said with Iron Banner, it's like, why not? Why not put an actual... Uh, an, an actual piece of new content in Iron Banner, new new loot, new stuff, new gear. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, well, it's free, it's free, it's free. And it's like, well, I understand that it's free, but all of it doesn't have to be free. You know? Access to the event can be free. Access to the event is free, the new loot is not. It's the same way they do with the season pass. The top row is free, but the bottom row is not. I think they need to start doing that with uh, some of the free-to-play funnels, you know? I, I, I think that would be the right call. Enigma. 
How would you have set this event differently in respect to intentional farming uh, the weapons in the dawning? Well, we already talked about bringing something like the EAZ, right? And then I think you could just put the guns dropping uh, from in the EAZ. And you could have maybe the boss, you know, rotating daily. So you have three different bosses. Each boss drops one of the weapons. So if it's the weapon that you're looking for, you really go crazy that day. You really grind it out and you, you know, you, you go in and uh, you grind it out. So why would I need to pay more? No, 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 no. I wouldn't require you to pay more. I'm saying as long as you're holding the season pass, you would be able to get access to the new stuff in the dawning. The dawning would always be a base level free event for everybody, but if they add new stuff, you need to be a pass holder to get access to the new stuff. Same with Iron Banner, same with Trial, same with Crucible. You have your free stuff, but if you own if you own Season of in this case, if you own Season of uh, the Hunt, you get access to all the new stuff that they add. Um, I don't know. This event's going to be a stupidly easy Bright Dust grind. True. True. I mean, that's one reason that I like these, is you get more Bright Dust, um, even though I'm not really doing it. I just can't bring myself to do little micro chores. I get burned out. I might start doing some strikes and stuff, but like in general, people don't seem to really want to see me play the game, so we've kind of dialed back on, on, the, on the, the chore runs, you know? The game feels way too catered to free-to-play players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't saying you'd have to pay more. Yeah. Um, how do you even get a cold front in an avalanche? It uh, it's random from the from the boxes from the whenever you take a thing. You don't even have to deliver anymore for the repeatables. You just have to bake. Oh, really? Oh, wow. You literally just sit there and bake and don't even have to travel. Wouldn't you want to travel though eventually? For chances at the weapons, you know. I would think. Eknor. Do you think weapons should have a critical hit uh, damage and a chance-like perk? Applying status effects with elemental guns instead of going all in on abilities perks. I don't really understand what you're saying. Do you think weapons should have critical hit damage and chance... Oh, critical hit chance-like perk. Applying status effects with elemental guns instead of going all in abilities. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I've always said that I think elemental perks and utility perks are an unexplored um, frontier that they need to look more into. Um, you know, the fact that um, the fact that we're still chasing reload and damage perks. Oh, wow, this gun gets a bigger mag if you just wait. Oh, wow, this gun gets more damage if you use it in the right way. Sadly, the raid weapons, I think, are not as impressive as, as they should be. We're right back into a, a, a damage perk, a damage perk, reload perk hunt. We're all hunting for damage perks and reload perks. They're just different. They have different names and they work differently. So I, yeah, I continue to think that ability perks and utility perks uh, uh, would be more interesting. Um you know, Wellspring and Thresh, I think it's called, the ones that give you super energy or ability energy off kills. You know, I think that's, you know, maybe in a right vein. Or like you're saying, there's a critical hit chance where if you're using an elemental weapon, there's a chance to apply burn damage, blinding damage, damage over time, you know, void void stun or suppression or something. Darksider says... Uh, way too catered to free-to-play is a lie. Free-to-play players can't do anything outside of playlists. They have absolutely nothing available to them. Well, I mean, 
I maybe maybe Ashen is overstating it by saying the game feels too catered to free to play. I think what Ashen was talking about is anytime we 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 get told or we bring up the idea of why is there no new stuff in Iron Banner? Why is there no new stuff in all these different funnels? Everyone's always like, "Well, that's free to play. That's free to play. That's free to play." And so I don't necessarily think he's saying the entire game is catered too much to free to play, but there are a lot of elements of the game that do feel very catered to free to play. Um, you know, and I, I think that core activities feeling derelict, dead and unupdated, you know, is in part due to free to play. Uh, and those are core activities. Those are main funnels of, uh, of community engagement that are getting ignored. You know, they're not really, uh, they're not really doing anything. And, sadly uh sadly i think a lot of that we can attribute to the fact that like oh it's free to play and we we don't want to uh we don't we don't we don't want to do anything in those in those lanes because it's it's a free to play funnel uh they aren't catering to them because they aren't making new stuff for them but what is happening is it's holding back the game for everyone i think they just need to shed this fear of being like if you own the season pass, then Zavala, Shaxx, Drifter have bounties and weapon pursuits that are only there for season pass holders. Same with Iron Banner. Oh, you're free to play? No worries. There's an armor set and weapons that you can chase. Oh, those new weapons? Those new Iron Banner armor ornaments? Yeah, you don't get those. You're not holding the season pass. There is literally nothing wrong with doing that. Nothing. If you're buying a season pass or an expansion and you're going into Crucible, Trials, uh, I'm sorry, if you're going into Crucible, Strikes, or Iron Banner and you're getting all this old stuff or reissued stuff, I just think that's a mistake. I think that's fine for free-to-play players, but there needs to be these new weapons. Like, I'll give you an example. The ones that we know are coming. The They're adding two weapons to Strikes, two weapons to Crucible, and two to Gambit. And then Nightfall is getting Shadow Price, um, Palindrome, and the Swarm. I think those weapons should be grayed out and unobtainable if you're not owning the season pass. The next season is rumored to be called Season of the Chosen. If you don't own Season of the Chosen, those weapons, you shouldn't be able to get any of them. They should be grayed out. You should just get the world pool. You know what I mean? There'd be outrage from the community. I don't care. I don't. What do I care about what a free-to-play player says? I don't... I, that, you don't You don't matter to me. You're spending zero dollars. Like... Oh no, outrage from freeloaders, whatever will we do? They're going to stop what? What are they going to stop doing? That's like kicking somebody out of your restaurant because they come in, order a water, and eat free breadsticks for three hours. Well, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. What business? What are you talking about? You don't pay me any money. You just sit and eat my breadsticks and make my waitstaff refill your water. Get the frick out. We don't care if you don't come back. I'll take my business elsewhere. You know? What are the free-to-play players going to say? Well, I'll take my my network engagement and server load elsewhere. Like, that's all you're contributing. I mean, I guess they're, they're smoothing out matchmaking funnels. But, you know, I know they pad the numbers in the player population. And that is a good thing. But... We don't necessarily want to make it to where they're dictating what Bungie does with new loot. You know, I, I, that I think is the main, is the main problem, you know, now 
if you know maybe Bungie could go about this in a smart way let's 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 think about this another way what if anybody could get the new weapons okay so anybody free to play or you own the season pass anybody can get the shadow price the 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 palindrome and the swarm but if you own the season pass you have a season rank with zavala and you can unlock ornaments for those weapons if you don't own the season pass you have to buy them you know bungie could get really like really sneaky and really intelligent about it and be like look if you own the season pass that's a little love worth throwing your way ornaments that you can unlock with a, with a season rank with the uh, with the with the vendor but if you're a free to play player you got to buy those ornaments you don't get them or you can buy the season pass and earn them or you can buy them so you're going to make money from them somehow you're either going to make money on the micro or you're going to make money on the season and then that might be the happy middle ground free to play players get the weapon no one can claim pay to win and then you try to monetize the vanity you say ah you own the season pass congratulations you hit rank 50 and 75 or whatever in the heck and you hit the right rank you get these cool ornaments to make your palindrome shadow price or whatever look cooler same with the two weapons in the strike playlist crucible and gambit playlist you create ornaments that are earnable through a seasonal rank and as long as you own the season pass you can earn those ornaments if you don't own the season pass you can feel free to buy them for silver or you know and and if you're and if you're angry about that like I don't know. I just shut the frick up at that point. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, free to play players are not, um, they just don't get a lot of traction in my mind. They don't. It, 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 oh, wow. You installed the game. Wow. That was really hard to press the A button on your controller and install a free game and run around and then go to the forums and make demands. Like, I, you know, that they don't, they don't matter to me. The paying customer matters more. You don't want the paying customer to feel like, man, I spent 50 bucks and, you know, I got three loot pools worth of stuff, but man, free to play players got a lot of what I, what I, what I traditionally would have gotten as a, as an exclusive piece of content, you know, and you don't want your paid, you want your paying consumers feeling like they're not getting a value transmission or you don't want paying players to feel like the game's being cannibalized by freeloaders, you know, freeloading, you know, destiny Karens. That's the last thing we want. Uh, next question from Heart of Quartz what could you see them doing with a stasis fusion rifle low damage with the freezing effect high damage but requires two shots to completely freeze yeah I don't know I mean I, I think the, the dilemma here is we would need to know Bungie's philosophy about stasis weapons you know um if, if you know if if stasis weapons in Bungie's mind is never going to land as a as a common thing, you know, hey, we're putting these legendary weapons in the game and they're stasis. If they never become a mainstay, if they never become a common thing, then I doubt we would see something like that. I really, really doubt it. It really comes down to that. What's their philosophy for these weapons? Um, and if. Uh, if they're if they're not in 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 favor, if they're not in favor of saying, "Hey, let's uh, let's do more stasis weapons," then this is kind of a moot point. If Bungie wants to introduce stasis legendaries, this would be a great time to do it. This would have been a really really great time to do it. Um, I just don't know what their plan is long term. If we're right, and I think we are, Luke Smith all but confirmed there's more darkness subclasses coming. 
I don't know. To me, it'll always feel weird to be like, hey, we have a, a stasis subclass, a poison subclass, and a blighted subclass. We have three dark powers, a dark blue, a green, and a black, right? And, 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 and we're still toting around kinetic weapons and, you know, solar void and arc. That just, I don't know. There's a weird imbalance and dissonance there. It just doesn't feel right. Something's off. Something's off. It's like, why? Evolve the weapon system. Let us equip two primaries in PvE. Let primaries have elements on them again. And then then I can have a total of four elements equipped. So by the time we get to Lightfall, if there's six potential elements on a weapon, Blight, Poison, Stasis, Solar, Void, Arc, right? I can have four of the six. So I still have to potentially go into content and, and, and have other people making up what I don't have. Yeah, I'm not running poison in arc. Can you run a poison in an arc weapon? You know, like, I don't know. That to me is how you evolve the weapon system. You know, two primaries, a secondary, a heavy running two primaries in PVE ain't gonna break anything having elements on all of our primaries ain't gonna break anything letting me change the elements on a weapon to make it really really costly ain't gonna break anything that'll help fill in archetypal vacancies so if you want two versions of some hand cannon because you want a void version and a stasis version go for it right um I don't know I I there I to me to me when I when I look at the weapon system I think it's holding the game back I think it's got us. I think it's got us pigeonholed into uh, less archetypes and less build diversity. Um, sorry, I bumped the mic. And I also think that they're, they're they're sitting on they're sitting on a solution to feeling the need to create so many guns. You hit this thing twofold. You restructure the weapons so you get way more capital out of a primary because if a primary can have four potential elements on it, you're going to get way more capital out of that primary from the the hardcore grinders, okay? And if you're adding staff members to the reward crew and you're putting more weapons in the game, you're hitting this thing from both angles. There would feel like there's just massive wealth of, of loot depth in the game and loot quantity in the game instead of being like, no, we're going to stick with kinetic energy and heavy and there's going to be energy primaries and kinetic uh, special weapons but some special weapons will never be a kinetic like fusion rifles so there's always going to be this weird dissonance in the game like I, I don't know um, elements on weapons mean nothing besides shield popping it's hard to th- think darkless elements would do anything unique without being exotic no you create intrinsic elemental effects if I shoot you enough times with solar damage, it creates a solar burn dot damage. If I shoot you enough with arc, it blinds you. If I shoot you enough with void, it suppresses your abilities. If I shoot you enough with stasis, it slows you. Not freeze, slow. This is just in PvE, right? It's just in PvE. If I shoot you enough with poison, it does it does tick damage, but in a different way maybe than burn damage. If I shoot you enough with blighted damage, it corrupts your will and you shoot your teammates for 30 seconds or something um you know what i'm saying you would create intrinsic qualities to those elements and then create elemental uh you know perks so we're not just chasing reload damage reload damage overload the mag do more damage and be like no this is actually really really good for crowd control in these particular environments because the blinding damage with this perk is shared and i can take you know a major and blind him and the people around him well over here it's actually better to use the burn damage because there's bigger tankier enemies who have 
armor and the armor is more susceptible to damage over time so you're either going to want to use poison or solar do you see you're adding depth into the combat without changing it it's just there are different ways to do damage and different damage types that seem necessary or at least more efficient because you start to create enemy types and damage types that aren't just pop their shield you know I think you would want to have armored enemies, uh, you know, uh, 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 berserk enemies, um, you know, the armored enemies you'd want dot damage on, the berserk enemies you'd probably want to blind, and you'd have, like, um, spell casting enemies, where you're going to want to suppress them with void so so you suppress their abilities, right? We already have enemies that kind of fall into these categories, continue to evolve the enemy pool along with the weapon pool so I'm picking weapons in accordance to combat situations not just oh can I get a reload and a damage perk please you know I I don't know I think everything I just outlined are, are ways to evolve both combat in destiny as well as the weapon pool and as well as the weapon abilities and weapon perks so By the way, if you're new and you haven't clicked like or subscribe yet, please do that. It's free to subscribe on this platform. It's not like the other platform. Subscribing is free and it helps my channel. If you click join, there's different tiers of joining and those have perks as well. And clicking the like button helps this video get recommended to other people. Thank you for being here. Next question from Joseph. Should the game take an event like The Dawning to push more of a seasonal story since there would be increased attention to the game? I tend to not really harp on this sort of a thing, and here's why. I really, really like the method of storytelling right now. I thought they did a great job with Eris and the, the pyramid ships uh, and, the, and the interference mission last season. I thought if we wouldn't have had the delay, that would have crescendoed and climaxed a lot better. I feel bad for the writers and the people who paced that story. It really, it really did not get the hit um, at, at its greatest crescendo. It's like when there's a really, really emotional, you know, climactic moment in a movie and then your phone rings or someone interrupts it. You're like, are you kidding me? And yet the pause, it just ruins the moment, right? The way the last season ended and then we had this big, long delay, it totally chopped off the legs of the storytelling, which was really unfortunate. I thought they did a stellar job. I really do. Ending up in, in Court of Orcs and all of that with Sabathun and, and, and Nocris, I thought was stellar. Okay, So I'm not going to harp on storytelling in a seasonal event because I think they're actually doing a really good job of the, the, the rhythmic sort of daisy chain storytelling. I actually think they're doing a good job and I enjoy it. And according to Joe Blackburn, the storytelling is going to all of its like leading and building to Sabathun. So we're going to have another scenario where the seasons and what's happening in the seasons is building up the same way the pyramid ships built up uh, to this season with with Eris and them showing up in the skyboxes and stuff. So I actually like that. I don't necessarily think these I don't necessarily think these um, uh, these particular uh, the, these particular events are good or needed for storytelling. I want to save it for the moments that I think are a little bit more impactful. Um, this comes back to my statement at the bottom of the screen right now where it says, as with many free holiday events, I try to set my expectations not too high and, you know, but having some iteration and evolution, I think is good. It was the court of Sabathun. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? When I say that it it was court of orcs for the OGs, uh, toastiest crayon. Sorry. I missed the armor talk yesterday. Do you think Bungie will ever have another grind for masterwork armor? Like in pit of heresy. 
I think there's potential here. Um, you know, maybe when you're grinding for high stat armor, there's the rare chance that it drops fully masterworked. Uh, I think masterworking armor in general needs to be looked at. I think it's part of the puzzle. I don't think it's a problem right now, but I think with transmog and Bungie, as we said in the armor talk, Bungie wanting to add game novelty to armor, uh, armor pieces and maybe even armor sets. If they're going to go that route, I think masterworking needs to be a little bit cheaper. And I also think the return of the currency on a breakdown needs to be a little bit more generous. Maybe, you know, 80% of what you invested, uh, I'm not going to make them out and out of a molehill, but if they're turning a lot of volume knobs and 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 accessibility knobs and quality knobs to make the um, to to make the 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 armor grinds different, I think a part of that equation is is the currency and the method of masterworking and sunsetting and breaking down a piece of armor because it's been sunset and getting currency back. I believe that is part of the discussion and part of the equation. One of the reasons I think that is because if you don't smooth out some of those processes, you're going to make people just turn their nose up to any of the new systems that they put in place. A really good example of this is when we got the the new mods in Season of Dawn and we were getting them from the obelisks. Well, you couldn't use them in any of your existing armor that you got from Shadowkeep. So it was this barrier that made everybody kind of shrug and ignore some of the best mods in the game. You know, the charge with light mods were really, really cool. Well, everybody ignored it. I would worry about a similar situation happening if they take all this time to put out these new ideas and new cool value points and quality and armor novelty. And as he says, reasons to change your gameplay. If they did that, then I... I would think they're going to have to look at masterworking as a system and maybe streamline it and simplify it as it's not necessarily a needed barrier anymore. If if it was if it was a barrier to people end game min maxing, great. But if that's not really the main thing you're doing with armor anymore, yeah, you're getting your high stat armor, dope. But you're also looking for in-game novelty, intrinsic perks, set bonuses, and the like. You probably want to streamline that process, or you're going to make people shrug at it and be like, I have no interest, you know? Um, so... Uh, Torchwood says, does it concern you that slightly over a month into Beyond Light and we still haven't seen any love for the Crucible? Sure, Trials is this Friday, maybe, uh, but aside from that, we've still not gotten anything else. Well, when I, when I think about the Crucible right now, I also think about Gambit and I also think about Strikes. They didn't, none of them got any love. Crucible stands apart because if you like PvE and strikes, or maybe you like Gambit, you know, there's a lot of PvE stuff to do. There's a lot of things to go and do. So, the Crucible crowd, the people that primarily play Crucible, they don't really, they can't really say, oh, Crucible didn't get much love, I'll go do X, Y, and Z instead. If you're a fan of PvE, and you're like, you know, we really didn't get any love, we, uh, we really didn't get any strike updates, no worries. No worries. There's other things to do in PvE. So Crucible, unfortunately, is just a, a, a bit of a stepchild in, in the game right now. Um, they, they don't want to add maps and modes. Modes haven't gone over that well. Probably not worth the bandwidth. Um, 
they've had so many modes that they've tried and to no success they've never gotten any traction lockdown breakthrough countdown salvage rift they have they haven't fared all that well and i could guarantee you at some point in time someone said just stop making new modes for crucible it's not working we're wasting bandwidth so they're probably not going to be doing new modes and new maps is a problem if they allocate bandwidth to creating new maps, they can't charge you money for them because anytime, anytime you monetize maps, you fragment your player base. Uh, 343 proved this, uh, and so did Respawn, both in their experiments with Titanfall and Halo 5. They said, you make maps free or you fragment your player base. And Call of Duty also learned this with a couple of their titles where the new map playlists were awful. Uh, they took forever to matchmake, and then you weren't familiar with them. Uh, and then if just one person in your in your in your fire team or your squad, uh, if they if they didn't have um, if they didn't have the new maps, then you were you were cooked, right? You you were cooked. You were you couldn't even play them. So you know because of that, Crucible's in this really really strange spot. So, what I would do, if I were in charge, I would add a seasonal rank to Drifter, Shax, and Vanguard, and I would tie that to perks, benefits, weapon intentionality, and uh, and vanity items, and ornaments. So, these two weapons that they're adding to the Crucible, and the purple pulse rifle that's currently in there, I would give players intentionality to chase those. I would tie it to Shax. I would make loot intentionality better as you rank him up. I would, I would have a seasonal rank tied to ornaments for those weapons. So as you're grinding Crucible, you're feeling a sense of progression. You're working towards something. I got to hit rank 50, and I'll get an ornament for the pulse rifle. And then rank 75 is an ornament for the one the, the, the shotgun. And then if I hit rank 100, I get an ornament, a ship, and a ghost, and I'm done. Right? Give Crucible a seasonal rank. Right? You know, you could tie it to glory. You could tie it to something like that. I think Vanguard needs similar ranking systems. I call it honor and prestige. I think you should be ranking up your prestige while running nightfalls and your honor while running strikes. You want, you know, you level up both um, when you run nightfalls uh, and then get benefits and get, and get, you know, and get stuff along the way. You know, so halfway through the season, you're like, sweet, I'm level 61 with shacks my boons or whatever i'm using to pursue whatever i'm using to pursue these weapons uh they're begin they're getting more effective um i'm you know i'm um i'm leveling up my my npc and i'm getting things for that that's what i would do if i, if I was in charge you basically take the obelisk system that we had in, in 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 dawn if you remember the obelisk you leveled it up and you got perks and benefits that made sundial more uh, lucrative for you right so i that's what i would do give them a reason to log in daily and weekly give them something to chase um don't just listen i'm be real honest with you right now Joe Blackburn writes this blog post. If they throw these two weapons into the Strike, Crucible, and Gambit playlist, and they're just random drops, and that's all they do, I am sorry. Go back to the drawing board. This this sucks. This is nothing. 
Ooh, wow. You took world drops that you were going to just shove into the random world drop pool and you put them in Strikes, Crucible, and Gambit and now they also randomly drop with zero intentionality. Awesome. Good job on literally doing nothing. That is not a solution to these playlists. At all. There needs to be something. There needs to be something that gives you that weekly, daily, seasonal grind, that 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 sense of progress and that sense of chasing loot that gets added, you know, to their to their pool every season. Um, if all if literally all they're doing is, is saying, "Hey guys, you know how in strikes that Xeno class shotgun can drop? There's now two more weapons that also can drop. Yay!" If that's their version of reinvigorating those those core pieces, those core activities, if that's what they think reinvigoration look like looks like, I am sorry. That is a that is a that is a that is a strikeout. That does not work. You know, it, it, it that's that is not going to feel like a true injection of of uh, quality or reinvigoration. That's going to feel like a bunt that doesn't even get anybody on base. Um, so. Uh, mods need to be given every level for NPC level ups. Mods make the game much more fun, and you can't farm them. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, all my games are eighty percent diamond. Well, yeah, skill based matchmaking. I mean, yeah, that's some of that. Some of that is is hurting. But as far as we know, it's skill based should only be happening in Elim. Uh, and well, Elim, Elim, and and freelance Elim, Elim. I'm sorry, it's in comp and, and freelance comp. I think. Um, Craft was trashed in other games. Lose trashed in other games. Wish trashed in other games. games Sir D. Yeah, a, a lot of those guys um, went over to other games and played played perfectly fine. A lot of them got picked up by teams. Gilly in the mist. With no ingredients needing stasis to earn them, running the other subclasses is the only way to earn some ingredients. Should Bungie have rewarded running stasis most of the time, with it being the newest and hottest subclass? It seems short-sighted to make us pick the old versus the new subclass. This is just another example of how I, I don't think they did anything to this event. They didn't really update it. You know what I mean? I You know? It's... They... They didn't. They didn't really do anything. It 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 doesn't even feel like it fits. It feels like like you're saying. It's like this feels like last year's with a couple new ingredients, and then you added a gun. Whoopee, you know. Um, this is why I said like I'm trying not to beat them up about it because it's a free event. But this event needed some iteration. You know, if you would have included the EAZ and stasis and snow and all this stuff. It, you know, it, I think that would have been good. That would have been a good little content loop. That would have, uh... They can't have stasis-based ingredients. It's a free event. That's true, but you could have updated the ingredients to include stasis. Right? Get this kill or a stasis kill. Get this kill or, or a stasis kill. I don't know. Um, so, I think, I, think that, I think the difficulty is is that... Bungie again is is trying to str- is trying to straddle the fence and keep two worlds happy. They're trying to keep you know the the free to play players happy. Like, hey, it's a free event. Come play the dawning and get in the holiday spirit. And then they're also trying to keep us happy. We bought Beyond Light. We're enjoying Stasis. We think Stasis is dope. And there's a tension there. There's a rub. It's like, uh, 
this 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 doesn't feel like it's been properly contextualized to where the game is right now you know it feels feels dated not uh it, it, it just isn't updated you know it's like if you bought a brand new christmas tree and new lights and new ornaments and for by some miracle you have this old pair is this old string of christmas lights from like the 80s and you put it on the tree it would stand out it'd be like it doesn't really fit with the theme we're going for and the aesthetic it would it would stand out that's what this feels like it feels like an old event that you're kind of shoving into a newer game and it's like this doesn't really seem to fit you know it's every you know i don't know stuff looks cool but you you needed you needed i think to properly contextualize this event uh to avoid what i think a lot of us are feeling right now which is you know it's 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 a um i don't know it's a it's it, it just feels like they didn't have time to update it so they just shoved it in festival of the lost felt and it felt you know, very similar right Festival of the Lost felt very, very similar. It was like, wow, this is completely, you know, half-baked. It's not been really, really updated. Uh, and it doesn't feel like they've... Um, it doesn't really feel like they've they've brought these events necessarily forward, you know? Um, I, think that's, I think that's something that's always going to be uh, problematic to something that probably doesn't get a whole lot of priority, right? Um... This probably didn't get a whole lot of priority. It's a free event. The code's there. The you know the content's there. Update a gun. Add some new. Add some new. Uh, you know recipes. Done. You know. Thank you guys again. A ton of people have pressed the like and subscribe button. We only need 15 more likes for a rollover. And uh, subscribing is free. Thank you. And don't forget, all of you can use our Discord. All of you. It's totally free. Uh, use the Discord command. We have a general chat and LFG, but if you are one of the people who clicked the join button and you're a paying member, there's extra rooms for you in the Discord. Tiki says, do you think Destiny is still on track uh, to be a flourishing 10-year game or do you see it dying out before that with all the recycled content? Well, here's the thing. This is probably why we're starting to unearth the tension between free to play and 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 the monetized content right we're, we're i think what we're starting to see is is that bungie is interested in a new player base they want new folks to come in and have a good time and with free to play and game pass they're they're i think they're trying to fill that funnel um now as as far as as far as filling the funnel goes, right? As far as getting people in and making people feel like they're having a good time and getting them to come back, you know, PVE is still over a million players, and that's really really good, honestly. A lot of that I attribute to a lot of the newer players that probably came in, a lot of the um, a lot of the Game Pass players. Usually around now, PVE isn't faring all that well. Now, for expansions, it usually actually stays, PVE usually stays at over a million players a day for longer. I know Shadowkeep did. So we'll see if that if that rides into next season. But there are, there are two interests here. So think about what we're doing with my content. We have the Repeat Theater channel. We just launched a gaming channel so I can play non-Destiny games and I don't hurt this channel's, you know, algorithm, Okay. We have the upload channel, so I can upload these segments that are recorded, and this channel's purely live stream content, right? So, I would say the 
um, the way that they've the way that they're they're taking this on is similar to what I'm doing. I am trying to keep the existing audience happy, the people that love the Destiny content, the people that love this live stream Q&A, but I'm also trying to find new viewers on YouTube who have zero interest in Destiny, right? And I think Bungie's doing something similar. They're trying to consistently get new players in because keeping the existing player base happy is one of the things they're trying to do while also getting new users in the funnel as well, right? So because of that, I think the game will flourish long term as long as they keep they keep that ritualistic seasonal there's always something to do as long as that's happening i think destiny is a game that hooks people i really 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 do it hooks people we're we're talking about a game that we've you know we've been playing for for years you know for for 5 and 6 years and in many respects the actual content loop and the funnel it hadn't changed all that much over the years and yet we still love to play right you know we 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 uh we still love to play so if they can if they can have a similar experience with you, you know if the new players can have a similar acquisition into the game that we have had then i don't see this game really ever truly slowing down you know i i imagine it'll be a, a an over a million player a day franchise for the foreseeable future, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a successful franchise. It's a, it's a, it's an addictive game. You know, it's uh, it's it's got a lot to it. You know what I mean? Um, and that's probably why their relationship with Microsoft is is continuing, um, and is being you know is is being continually kind of hinted at on uh, on Twitter. So. I don't actually think you're reading this right. To the to the person in chat that thinks they're calling it dawning because you don't want to upset non-Christmas celebrators, I think they created their own holiday, right? They're not calling it welcome to holiday time and being super generic and dumb. They created their own destiny holiday called the dawning um, that isn't really even about being inclusive. It's about being its own thing. Um... So I think you're I think you're misreading this a little bit. I think you need to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't I don't I don't think uh <laughs> I don't think the 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 narrative about people being anti-Christmas really fits here. Um I don't. I, I think maybe you've been listening to a little too much talk radio about that. Like that's this is a video game and they created a fun holiday for their own video game. Um <laughs> so and you know, dragging a tree into your house and decorating it is uh, is pretty druid and, and pagan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I guess as someone who grew up and still continues to celebrate Christmas, you know, maybe lighten up a little bit, and you can say Happy Holidays. Um, you know, the irony, the actual irony, always is kind of funny. They're like, we don't want to offend the snowflakes, and it's like. Aren't you being a snowflake right now? Aren't you being really sensitive about somebody saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas? Is the irony lost on you that you're the one being overly sensitive? No, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Go back to tweeting. Um, <laughs> uh, next question from Phoenix Huck. Would you forego seasonal events like this and direct this attention to regular content? I think anytime we talk about uh, Crimson Doubles or you know Guardian Games, Season of Dawn, Vessel of the Lost, uh, you know any any uh, anytime we talk about this kind of stuff, 
I think that um, I actually think that the issue that people think is, well, I don't like it, or they they should invest money in it. Um, you know, they, they should uh, they 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 should direct you know content other you know in other places. I guess my question would be, do you think the bandwidth that they spend on Fessel of the Lost and the Dawning is really going to inject more content elsewhere? You know, really analyze what they add when these things come around. Would that bandwidth really result in in in, in a bunch of more substance elsewhere in the game? Yeah, probably not. You know, probably not. We're, we're, we're talking about very, very minimal, probably a pretty small team, you know, uh, probably, uh, probably a, uh, a live team, sort of a, sort of a, a vibe, sort of a feel. So I don't think if you suddenly told those people, Hey, quit working on those decorations for the tower and those bounties, you know, and those uh, those ornaments. We need you guys to build some missions and strikes and content. You know, um, so you know, I, I don't necessarily think we would we would suddenly net a ton of more content if Bungie was like, "Yep, we're no longer doing holiday free events." I actually like these events. I I do, even though I don't engage with them that much. It makes the tower feel cool. It gets me in the spirit of whatever's going on. You know, it's spooky. You know, they don't call it Halloween. They call it Festival of the Lost. Are you going to make a hashtag about them being too woke about that too? You know, you axe grinding curmudgeon in the chat. Like they don't call it Halloween. They call it Festival of the Lost. They've made up their own, you know, their own holiday for that too, right? Are you going to wet your pants over that? You know, so. I actually think this is fine. It's just a fun seasonal thing. Uh, it's 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 just to get us all sort of in the uh, in the in the mood to complain about things that don't exist on the internet. Um, uh, Chronic says uh, shaders, in my opinion, lack so much pizzazz. In D one, part of my loot chase was the hard mode raid shaders. Getting Glowhoo as a drop was genuinely exciting and looked amazing. Uh, what do you think about adding shaders uh, like to the raid guns and the raid dungeons? Or, I'm sorry, the loot in the raids and dungeons. Well, I think animated shaders, I think there's a lot of room for animated shaders. Um, I think there's a lot of room for more elaborate shaders, but I actually think the raids, I'm sorry, uh, the shaders in general are actually really, really cool in this game. There's a lot of uh, of texture. There's a lot of uh, of really really cool intricacies to the shaders that we didn't get in previous uh, in previous versions uh, in Destiny One. You're remembering some of the standouts because they were rare, um, and there were you know there were more there were there were there were more shaders that were pretty basic. And now there's actually a ton of shaders that are pretty intricate and pretty cool. There are some that are animated. Um, there are some that that literally change the actual grooves and texture on the gun. They like, it looks like somebody kind of carved your gun up. So I don't necessarily agree with this. I don't think that the shaders lack pizzazz. I think the shaders are actually in a great place. Um, I loved running the shader, uh, from scourge of the past. It added that cool, uh, like rough texture. It almost looks like the bed of a truck, you know? Um, so I think shaders have actually gotten into a pretty cool place. Um, but 
I could get behind them saying we're going to do more elaborate, more cool, more customizable shaders for some endgame content to give it that glow who prestige, you know? Like, it's clear when you're walking around the tower that you have, you know, a really, really, a really nice shader. You like Carminica? Yeah, I also liked Burguzian Knight. I also liked, um, there was the black one that looked like water that was moving. Uh, I also liked the one from Scourge of the Past. Um, I've liked a, bu- a bunch of different shaders. And Carminica is a killer shader, and it adds textures um, uh, to your gun. Which shaders move and groove? There's at least two that are animated. Burguzian Knight is one of them. Uh, and then there's another one that I forget the name of it. It's kind of like it looks like literally like rippling water. It's really, really subtle. Blue Shift Dreams. Thank you, Jaja. Blue Shift Dreams and Burguzian Knight are two of the animated ones. Um, Midnight Smith moves? Are you sure about that? Um, I don't know. I don't actually uh, know if there's any more. I didn't actually realize that the um, that the Midnight Smith one was moving. So the old Dawning is animated. Yeah, yeah. There's a Dreaming City one. Yeah, Blue Shift Dreams is the animated one from the Dreaming City. Um, so yeah, there are actually a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of shaders like that in the game. They just what I think they could do, kind of like what they're doing with the ship and how like you earn a certain currency and you unlock customization for the currency. It would be actually pretty cool if there was like a raid shader that you could upgrade and then it would start to animate and glow and do different things. That'd be actually pretty neat. All the Ford shaders move. Oh, they do? Oh, there you go. Gillian the Mist. Does Bungie have the excuse that the Dawning is free content when the Dawning Eververse has stuff for sale that makes Bungie money? I would hope that the Eververse money would go to more dev time for the event like the Whisper Ornament Eververse sales did for the Outbreak mission. We just never know where that money is going, right? We're, like, it, we're not going to get like a budgetary meeting uh... We're not going to get, you know, a budgetary meeting with them where they're like, hey, all the money we made on these, on these, uh, these particular items, we actually did this, 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 and this with that money. They don't always do that, right? They don't always do that. They're not going to, they're not going to always give us that one-to-one. Um, so I would just trust that when they are making the money, it's going to new excuse me it's going to new content you know excuse me sorry I don't necessarily think they always need to tell us hey all the money we made from the dawning we invested in this dungeon you know so it's just one of those things it's just one of those things where they it's not that oh it's free they don't have to do a lot with it it's that it's free I feel like people would complain no matter what. If there was a ton of substance and a ton of loot and all this stuff in free, I think people would be like, "What? where is all that in the paid content, right? Why are you putting more in the free stuff than you are in the paid content? Man, my season didn't get anything. I mean, this didn't get anything. So I definitely think there's a dilemma that they're facing where it's not like, oh, it's free, don't expect anything. It's that it's free this is just going to be the level and the ceiling of free content because we they're going to obviously devote more to the paid content if that makes sense you want that value transmission for the beat to be felt by the consumer you don't want to show up for the dawning and be like wow there's seven weapons and a new activity and this and that and the other and this is free what in the frick did i pay for in season of the hunt you know so i don't think free events are ever 
going to be deservedly ridiculed for like, yep, this is the problem with free to play. I think free events are meant to be lighthearted and just like, a, hey, come do this thing and get this stuff. Like that's all it's sort of meant to do. I think the main area where free to play is hurting the game are the main core activities that aren't getting updated. I don't want to start, like, listen, I think free-to-play is a problem, but I don't think you're going to get any traction by targeting the dawning. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the issue. I think the core activities not getting updated is where you'd want to, you know, um, you know, that's, that's where I would, uh, set my sights. Hitman says, Lono, while Joe Blackburn posts was great to see, do you agree that just tossing in a bunch of more samey weapons isn't really a fix? As they say, sometimes less is more. Do you feel Bungie will craft some actual cool, unique, and more memorable loot going forward? I mean, you're adding a lot of qualifiers. You're adding a lot of qualifiers. They're not always going to add unique, memorable loot everywhere you go. Sometimes they're just going to add more shotguns, auto rifles, hand cannons, pulse rifles, and snipers. It's just here's some more guns, guys. Like, it's they're not always going to be able to create a Genesis chain every time they create a new encounter or every time they update a loot pool. You know. Now, the front half of your question, you might not have been here. I already addressed that. I said, listen, if all they do is toss some guns in Strikes, Crucible, and Gambit, and that's and that's all they do, they don't do anything to the vendors. They don't give you any way to pursue those weapons then that's not an answer. Right now we have the Xeno shotgun and the purple pulse rifle and the in the in the grenade launcher and gambit and they randomly drop. Whoop de frick, that's not a reinvigoration. So I I don't think you can just like dump weapons in there and be like, "Yeah, we fixed it." No you didn't. It, it, it that's you're just adding you're just taking weapons from the generic loot pool and giving them a drop restriction. Well, that only drops in strikes. If if it's basically literally a world loot pool filter is all it essentially is. Yeah, we added these six weapons to the general world loot pool and they only drop, you know, these two drop here, 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 and these two drop here and here, and that's it. It's like, that's not a reinvigoration. The core activities need more than just, we added some loot to the pool. That that to me is is lazy. Um, and I don't like call, I don't like calling developers lazy, but don't dress it up like you're actually doing something to the core activities when you're not. You know, they more than likely had plans to add guns to the world loot pool in season of the chosen, the next season, if that is in fact the name. They had plans to do that, right? So, if you just snag some weapons from that world pool and threw them into strikes. That's not, you're not really doing anything. I think we have a ton of choices. I think the issue is uh, we don't have anything that amaz- amazing anymore. I think what I'm asking is do you think that we'll be having the same loot conversations despite his post in the newer seasons? Oh, I don't think the newer seasons are suddenly going to be completely different. He even said not to expect a big change until closer to Witch Queen. So, you know, the next, the next, the next two seasons they're going to probably give you better loot allocation like they're actually going to put loot in some of the activities that weren't going to get anything but you're not going to suddenly be like oh my gosh these new weapons are amazing or oh my gosh there's so many new weapons I don't think that's going to happen I don't think so I don't think you're going to see anything until the season right before Witch Queen um, that's when I think you're going to see it you're going to start to see like a, oh they added more loot or oh they, they're doing more with the loot or you know whatever whatever their their plans are and then the hope would be Witch Queen. They're like, Witch Queen's going to have more guns than Shadow Keep and um, Beyond Light. Well, 
I would add up the amount of guns that you got in Shadowkeep. What was the total? Right? What was the total in Beyond Light? And then I would say, okay, what was the total of guns in Forsaken? You're going to land in the middle. You're going to land in the middle for Witch Queen. This would be my guess. I would say they increased the gun quantity by about 20. That's my guess. We're going to add everything up in Witch Queen and we'll be like, yeah, there's about 20 more guns here than we got in uh, in Beyond Light. Um, I don't think next season you're going to be like, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff. I don't think it's going to be like that. And 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 listen, listen, that's not a problem. Them say they, we have to we have to understand what's happening. They're acknowledging complaints earlier and making adjustments faster than they did in Shadowkeep. Shadowkeep, we all complained about stuff, and then every season it was the same thing: too many bounties, too many bounties, bounty, 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 bounty. Living in a lost sector, and they did nothing to fix it. And they're like, "We're going to fix it in year four and they didn't. But they're addressing this earlier. They're like, "Hey, we see that there's not enough loot." And we're going to address that in the coming seasons, and we're really going to address it in the coming expansion. Um, so, you know, I I would say I would say I will take this over Shadowkeep, where we all said the same feedback every season and heard nothing and saw no changes and no movement, and you know, the entire year. I will always take some movement over no movement. You know what I mean? I'll say Stars and Shadow has been a nice start for actually giving me reasons to hit Crucible more again. I think it's definitely a good start. I just don't like the idea of just throwing a gun in the loot pool and being like, good luck, there's literally no way to chase it. There's literally no way to try to get better rolls or different rolls. It's just kind of dropping randomly. It's just another, you know, it just becomes another Ias Luna, you know? So... I would never defend Bungie as if they're struggling with their income uh, light leap. I think I think the development margins are thin, right? I'm not saying that they're poor, but I'm saying development margins are thin. And I know you're talking to Greg, but it's, it's hovering around the subject of free-to-play events and microtransactions and, and making money and free-to-play, you know, they're not giving enough to paid players, right? Um... I, I definitely don't think anybody should be defending Bungie as if they're not making money, but I will say, well, the way I would look at it as they can't just suddenly double their staff size because that's a threat to margins. I actually think it's pretty delicate. I think that's how I would look at it. The reason that even when we get into Witch Queen, I don't think you're going to suddenly get like a triple-sized expansion. I don't think you're going to get like triple the stuff to do and triple the weapons and oh my gosh this is incredible. They're going to slowly increase staff. They're going to slowly try to increase what they give us but it's not going to be a night and day difference because I think it's delicate. That's not me saying oh they're struggling to make money they need to do micros and they need to pay for this pay for that you know what I mean. Pretending that we got pretending that we got beyond light was more than 20% of what they uh, do without operating at, uh, at a loss is delusional. But pretending that we got with Beyond Light was more than 20% of what they could do without operating at a loss is delusional. I don't know if that's true, though. It's 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 similar in size to Shadowkeep. Like, I feel like they're, they gave us what their bandwidth has proven they can do in the past. I mean, let's be honest. Even if their maximum development bandwidth with High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions, 
like Forsaken was good, but even Forsaken ran out of gas. You know, there was only so much to do. There was only so much content that they could add. Um, and I think the the random rolls and the and a lot of those and a lot of those weapons really padded the quantity. Um, I don't know. I mean, look at Season of the Worthy. I'm I'm sure they had somebody help them with the raid for Scourge, but if you ignore Scourge, it's just like it's it's pretty thin season. And this is when they had the most bandwidth. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's going down this rabbit hole is always to me a wasted effort. We don't know what their margins are. We don't know what their staff allocation is. Who's working on what? You know, we we give a glimpse into the fact that they do parallel development, so they have multiple teams working on multiple seasons at the same time and placing what Luke Smith described as simultaneous bets. But we don't know more than that. Um, maybe they're allocating resources terribly, but if Cyberpunk already made back costs of a nine-year development cycle without any game or microtransactions like Bungie. I struggle to see how Beyond Light is somehow a resource hog. I don't think I'm saying it's a resource hog. I think what I'm saying is, in, or, in order for them to maintain the content rhythm of, here's Beyond Light, three months later, here's a season, three months later, here's a season, three months later, here's a season, okay? So I want you to imagine, under the old structure, all three of those teams the winter season, spring season, and summer season teams. Imagine taking all of their resources, all of their content, all of their builds and whatever they're making and shoving all of that into Beyond Light. I think then then you would get way more. I don't think it's that they're allocating resources poorly. I think it's, again, it's more symptomatic of the new content structure. You're not getting everything annually. You're getting things spread out. So they had to spread out their development resources, which means the, the expansion is going to be noticeably, you know, maybe a little bit thinner. I mean, imagine, imagine Shadowkeep getting Season of Dawn, Season of Worthy, and Season of Arrivals shoved into it. It would be. It would have been. It would have been enormous. It would have felt like a new game. We'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, this is insane. But when they spread it out over over an entire year, and you you single out the expansion, Shadowkeep was pretty light. It was pretty thin. So they're essentially taking the bandwidth and development power that they used to dump all into like an expansion, and they're basically thinning it out and spreading it out arrival is really a public event a public event a repeatable story mission i mean if you shoved that into an expansion yes again imagine playing shadow keep you got vex offensive you got a raid you got the dungeon you got the public event altar of sorrows and then shove the dawning into it missions with saint 14 you've got the sundial you got all those cool weapons you've got the fractal line you've got the obelisks then shove in the bunkers and the mission with with um going down into the original bunker to see Rasputin and leveling the bunkers and and the public event grind was terrible but again it was something that you were doing and then shove into that season of arrivals a story mission that repeats every week and adds new story elements and new lore and depth and then he had the umbral grind and the public event with contact and then throw that in imagine throwing all of that into an expansion okay you'd have been like this feels like literally a brand new game. This is so big. That's the problem. To assert that they're like misallocating resources, 
I think is reading the is reading the 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 room wrong. You're reading the landscape wrong. They took all their bandwidth and they're chunking it apart so that every three months we have stuff to do. You know, every three months you get new loot to chase, a new a new a new seasonal uh, loop and an activity, and then you get the season pass and an, uh, and then new things to experiment with on 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 your artifact. Like they're doing that every three months. So to me, it's like there, there's a, there's an enormous difference between dumping all of your bandwidth into one expansion, and then we don't see anything from them for ten months, eleven months. But it it's just that that would be that would feel very very different. Arrivals didn't feel substantive in my eyes. A repeatable story mission with a powerful reward. We did at least get a project though. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. You're completely missing. You're more worried about criticizing an individual season. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that the team and the bandwidth that was allocated for Arrivals, Worthy, and Dawn, shoving that all into one expansion would make the expansion seem huge. So yes, understandably, under this format of getting something new every three months, the substance and the depth is going to be more noticeably thinned out because you're spreading it out over a longer period of time. So yeah, when you isolate Arrivals or when you isolate Vex Offensive and Season of the Undying, you're like, there is no substance here. No, of course not. It's, it's, they, it's thinned out bandwidth. Beyond Light delivered a new planet and subclass. All other resources, enemies, gameplay, ETC was built on existing structures. Add to that massive sales every year from Bungie. I don't understand how we can claim that we can't get more without Bungie operating at a loss. I, that's the view I'm contending. That would not lose tons of profit by adding a couple new strikes, crucible maps, and loot to core playlists, even if they are free. Well, no one's saying they'd be operating at a loss, but what they would have to do is they would have to double their staff size whatever staff they allocated to beyond light whatever staff is allocated to the next season right whatever staff that they allocated for shadow keep dawn um worthy and arrivals you have to double you have to double all the staff size and you can't just flip flip a switch and do that you got to interview hire and train all those people get them acclimated on teams underneath their project leads and get them fired up and developing like they are at a band they are at a bandwidth max like this is what they can create this is what they can make and the only way you get more bandwidth is you hire more people they're hiring more people so that a year from now when we buy the next expansion we can get more guns if that doesn't tell you that they're operating at max capacity i don't know what would now i'm not saying that Oh, if they just gave us more loot, they'd be operating at a loss. I'm saying the only way we get more content is if they increase staff size, which is not as easy as being like, go get people familiar with our new version and updated version of Tiger to come create world's missions, loot, and activities for us. Like, there's not some reservoir of developers out there that are even familiar with the de- with the dev tools and the tech that this game is built on. Like, there isn't, there's not some LinkedIn group somewhere or some monster.com where where they can just hire, you know, another 600 people to work on Destiny. It just isn't that simple. Um, I, I don't know. Like, having a fat margin is good long-term for the game, and that's probably why they can suddenly be like, get more people to make guns. Let's increase the reward staff. Like, let's get more folks on that team. You know? I don't know. 
one studio versus three does that justify cost right they literally went from having high moon studios and vicarious visions and the money from activision they don't have any of that anymore with less staff they developed destiny 2 vanilla brand new strikes planets campaign at the side of destiny three years ago what happened to all that staff they had vicarious visions high moon studios and activision What are you talking about? Vicarious Visions literally built the Destiny 2 port to PC. Bungie didn't have to do that. Like, that is an insane bandwidth lift. Like, what are you talking about? VV built the D2 port to to PC. Do you have any idea how much work that probably was that they saved them? I don't know. I don't know. D2 Vanilla, they had so much help. So much help building that. And even then, it was thin. It was thin. Static rolls? No reason to run adventures? Like, lost sectors with no loot in them? I don't know. I I just feel like we always go through this cycle where we become disappointed. We, 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 go, we become disappointed with an expansion. And, like, we want to find that, that scapegoat. You know, and, and it's just like, to me, I'm like, the amount that we got in D2 compared to expansions when they had VV, High Moon, and Activision, of course we got more then. It was a launch title. It was a launch title to meet the demands of Activision's contract. I don't know. Um, did you see the raid challenge this week? The first encounter is a force three phase by having everyone do the operator role and being like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that got figured out yesterday. Um, I don't know. VV High Moon and Activision sharing profits. Beyond Light's more expensive, and somehow now we pay the same for less staff. Yeah, but I think you're reading the tea leaves wrong. I think you're reading the tea leaves wrong. They've made so much money that they're like, hire more staff for the reward team. Hire more. Right? So they didn't immediately like you're acting like because beyond light was a commercial success they're like we have a scrooge mcduck amount of money let's hire more people right shadow keep in year three they survived congratulations they survived and while surviving they had to make everybody allow everybody to work from home so they could launch a, a, an expansion on their own and because the expansion was successful you're like well where's the extra staff One of the first dev commentaries we get from them is, we're increasing staff size. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't really understand. Just because year three, just because they got through year three doesn't mean they could suddenly double their staff size going into year four. Double their staff size in the midst of working from home. I don't know. You think that happens to struggling developers? I mean, just because Cyberpunk made a ton of money doesn't mean that Bungie also made a ton of money and can therefore just double their staff size. You know? So yes, their margins right now are probably great because they're not profit sharing with Activision and the other developers. So they are probably in a healthier position for profit margins. And therefore, they're like, we can we can hire more staff for uh, the rewards team. I'm, I'm looking at year three as the survival year. Year four is their triumph year. They've made lots of money. They're still maintaining a great player base. They have a really great relationship with Microsoft, and now they're expanding their staff. That, to me, is like, yay, 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 and yay. Like, I celebra- I would celebrate all that. 
I don't understand. We need to keep a variable constant to compare. You're telling me less staff, less cost, smaller expansion. That sounds to me like less cost to the consumer. Now we have less staff, less cost, smaller expansion, more cost to the consumer, and somehow they struggle more to create content. I don't understand. It's easy to understand. What we got this year was bigger than Shadowkeep and Season of the Undying. Are you going to argue that there, it, we didn't get more? We got more. Season of the Undying compared to Season of the Hunt? No, there's no comparison. Season of the Hunt's worth the ten dollars. You get it. You get an activity. You get story. You get lore. You get an exotic. You get the. You get the loot pool. What Season of the Undying was one activity and four guns. There was no story tied to it. There was no dialogue. There were no cutscenes. There was nothing. It was literally go talk to Ikora and then run Vex offensive. Like that was it. I don't know. Not to mention, not to mention, they probably should not have done that. They probably should have charged us for that. The fact that they just gave you Shadowkeep with Season of the Undying baked in, I don't know, man. They they probably shouldn't have done that. They probably shouldn't have done that. You you got you basically got tacked on content for free. Honestly, I don't know. So. They've made a ton of money on Beyond Light and they're expanding staff. Like I don't I don't know. I don't think after Shadowkeep did well, they were suddenly going to immediately increase staff size to help this year. I think that they were still in this mind of like are we going to survive this? Like they they jettison from Activision, lose bandwidth because they lose Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios, and then after all of that, they have to maintain an expansion and three seasons, and they got to send everybody home in March or April, whenever that was. I don't know. I just I don't know. More profit doesn't mean uh, less costs; it means higher margins. Right. I just think. Even if they made more money in year three because they weren't sharing with Activision anymore, doesn't mean it made good business sense to suddenly increase staff and increase what they were going to do with Beyond Light. That might not have made good business sense. They were like, that's too risky. You know? The idea, the idea that we suddenly paid more for less in a time where they're making more money, it, to you is like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. They, we, we, we should have gotten more, or we should have been paying less, or something like that. Like I, I don't know. I, I think they're literally doing right now what maybe I guess you hope they would have done leading up to right now. Like they would have increased staff, increased delivery, and then you would have been like, the fifty dollars is justified. Right, you feel like the fifty dollars isn't justified because we got the same or less than we did in the past, and therefore this is this is a situation where they they're they're not you know they're not in a position where they're you know operating at a loss or something, so they should have given us more or charged less. Investor will not pay a hundred million dollars to a struggling studio. Let's stop pretending they were terrible under Activision. I don't think they were terrible under Activision. I think Activision's expectations weren't working. The idea that they were going to have to keep launching uh, a new title every couple of years wasn't going to work. I think as soon as they looked at the horizon and the possible Destiny 3, they're like, frick this, this ain't going to work. We're going to launch another dud. We're going to launch another dud. This thing, this is not, not going to work. You know what I mean? So... 
that you know i don't think they were bad under activision i just don't think it was healthy i think the rhythm the rhythm and the expectations weren't healthy the contract wasn't wasn't tenable long term so all right well he wants to do a call in we'll we'll see i don't know if we we, we might have time for a short call and i gotta eat my lunch so stick around maybe for more discussions a lot of people leave at this point in time of the day you're kind of like oh the podcast is over i'm gonna keep on streaming though on your way out do me a favor hit like and subscribe we're trying to get those subscriber numbers and like numbers to be solid every day and roll over so if you are uh if you're enjoying the conversation in the back and forth and you like this content on your way out do those things to help me out stick around though i am going to be streaming a new game in a little while on my other gaming channel so stick around for that if you want to see the new immortals phoenix rising game sntrgaming.com is where we're going to be heading for that so we don't really disrupt this this channel being all about destiny as always if you're listening or watching in any locations you can catch me at sntrlive.com and as always please like share and subscribe